Well, hey, Water of Life, it is so good to be with you guys this weekend. My name is Marcus. I'm one of the pastors here on staff at Water of Life and blessed to be with you as your host. Um, we know that so many of you are watching from so many different places this week, and we just want to welcome you. First of all, those of you that are from our Townsville, Australia campus, we love you guys. Hope you're having an incredible service um, and hope that God is blessing you in whatever way he can. And for those of you that are joining us maybe for the first time or you're new like over the past couple weeks, maybe month, um, we're so glad that you guys are now a part of the Water of Life family, and we'd love to connect with you. We'd love to you know, bless you, connect you in the direction that you need to go now as a member of the church. So if you would text the words new here to 818-818, we'll connect with you, we'll send you a link and get some more information about you and see how we can better serve you and bless you now as a part of, of the family. Um, but before we get to the message, before we get to worship, I wanna bring you up to speed on a couple of things happening around here at Water of Life. And the first thing is, um, is our small groups. So a couple weeks ago, we were asking for those that felt called to host a small group to, to take a step out. But now for those of you that feel called to join a small group. Now, I don't know about you, but over the past six months, I've felt the need for community, the need for fellowship, the need for people to be in my corner, praying with me, walking with me. Um, and if you're like me, if you're in that same spot, then the best thing for you to do over the next few weeks, next few months, as we come to the end of 2020, is to join a small group, whether it be virtually or in person, to, to take a step and to let people be with you in your journey, to walk with you, to pray for you, to, to bless you, to guide you in the direction you need to go. That's what God has called us to do, is to be better together, stronger together, and to journey together. So if you're interested in joining a small group, what you can do is you can text the word FRIENDS to 818-818. So the word FRIENDS to 818-818. 818, you'll get a link where you can sign up, get more information, and get connected. It's a great way to take a next step in your walk with Jesus here at Water of Life. Also another great way to get connected for those of you maybe that are new. Um, we know so many of you have joined the church family over the past six months and maybe you haven't been here in person. You don't know much about Water of Life. You can take the DWALL class, which is Discovering Water of Life, uh, to not just learn about the history of Water of Life and the core values, but to hear about what God's doing now, what he's doing here and now and what he plans to do in the future. So September 20th, we have our DWALL class. It's gonna be happening virtually online. It's a course of videos that you can watch, you, your family, your spouse, whoever it is that's interested in taking that next step and maybe joining the Water of Life family permanently and becoming a member here. So check out walludates.com uh, where you can register there. It's also like the hub for everything at Water of Life, but specifically for our DWALL class, you can check out registration there and get more information about our DWALL course. And this last announcement, super excited about. But we have new service times that are gonna be starting next weekend while also reintroducing some of our key core ministries here at Water of Life for in-person, on-campus uh, ministry events throughout the week as well. So starting September 12th and 13th, we're gonna have new service times on the weekend. So Saturday nights, we're gonna have a 5 p.m. and a 7 p.m. here on campus, in person, which we're super, super excited about, which we've been doing over the past few months. But it also, on Sunday, we're gonna be adding an in-person, on-campus, 5 p.m. service as well, which will also have ministry opportunities for kids preschool through sixth grade. So for those of you that are interested in rejoining us in person, we have 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Saturday and 5 p.m. on Sunday. And for those of you that are maybe still kind of praying about it, taking your time to come back and join us here in person, we'll have a 5 p.m. live stream on Saturday night and then our normal 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. on Sunday morning. 
Um, also, throughout the next couple of weeks, you'll start to see our junior high and high school ministry come back in person, our YA, young adults ministry come back in person, and multiple key core ministries here at Water of Life. So we're so excited about that, so excited to see you back in here in person. So many we haven't seen in months, and just excited to see what God's going to do over the next few months here on campus. But for all of that, like I said, you can go to wallupdates.com. I know that's a lot of information. You probably weren't taking notes, but you can always find this information at wallupdates.com. And as always, if you choose to do so, you can worship the Lord with your tithe and offerings on, uh, online at Wall Updates or on the Water of Life mobile app. We're going to jump into a time of worship right now together uh, as a Water of Life family. We know some people are in person, some people all over this region, even the country, world. And we're so excited to be able to worship together as a family tonight or today. So would you do me a favor? Would you stand with me? We're going to, wherever it is that you're at, if you're in your living room, kitchen, wherever you might be, Maybe set aside some of the distractions that would be keeping you from worshiping right now. But we're going to stand, we're going to pray, and we're going to posture and prepare our hearts before we jump into a time together. Let's pray. Jesus, you are so good. You are so faithful. You're constant, never wavering, Jesus. And we thank you for that. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your sovereignty. We thank you for your goodness. And God, I know that so many of us for such a long time have been wrestling with so many things. And God, it's easy for us to let those things be a, a filter or a, a hindrance between us and you as we come into times of worship and song. And Lord, I pray that right now that we would lay aside those things, that we would lay those things down. And God, that we'd fix our eyes on our, our creator, our father, our savior. So Jesus, would you be blessed by our worship right now? God, would we not worry about the things outside of us, outside of our control, but God, would we surrender them to you, lay them at the foot of the cross and worship you that has given your life for us and walks with us faithfully. So God, be blessed by this worship. We love you and pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's worship together. Hello, Warrior of Life. Welcome. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord? Clear 
on, how many of you know he's worthy of our praise? He's worthy of our adoration. He comes because he loves to encounter us. He comes because he... Lord, we invite you here. We invite you here, God. Come do what only you can do. We lift your name, Jesus. My hallelujah belongs to you. Yes, it does. My hallelujah belongs to you. Now, oh, back. My hallelujah belongs to you. Yeah. My hallelujah belongs to you.
Be on my lips, your praise. 
just thank you for your goodness and your mercy that our that your praises would forever be on our lips because you are so good even in the darkness you make it true so we sing that tonight Shut 
I want to ask you right now just to bow your head with me for just a minute and be really still. You know, we haven't had an altar call for six months. <laughs> I had an altar call this week. I was out hiking on Monday, about 12,000 feet up in the Sierras. I walked 13 miles. And while I was doing that, I was listening to a friend of mine preach. His name is Buddy Owens. He's at Saddleback Church. And I've known Buddy for a long time. His parents were here at Water of Life for a long time. And And he uh, did a message that went right through me. And up on the side of a hill, I walked up behind some rocks. There was nobody around, but I took my pack off and I got on my face in the dirt. And, and I cried out to God because I was just so keenly aware that Jesus was not on the throne of my life, that all the chaos and all the noise had displaced him. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And when you start to worship, you start to worship and you start to realize, wow, Lord, I, I didn't realize how far away I'd moved. I just got on my face and, and thing where he was talking about opening your palms of your hands up and receiving the grace of God for healing. It was this old Quaker prayer and then turning your palms of your hands over to symbolize releasing the things that had been tormenting you or struggling in your soul with you. And I said, man, God, I, I need to do that. And so I wanna, just while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I wanna invite you, if you're anywhere close to that, and I think there are a lot of us, we're really not supposed to do altar calls, so we'll just do our own altar call with God. How about that? But if that's you, I want to invite you to turn your palms up to the Lord right now, just in a posture of receiving. And Father, we want to cry out to you and say, God, help us to allow you, Jesus, to move back on in that center place, to be the center of it all. That you would have that throne inside of us, that place of our will, that you, Lord, would be first before all the noise, all the anxiety, and all the struggle, all the voices, that we would say to you, Lord, we want you first right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Refocus us, recenter us on Jesus. Heal us, God, where we've moved away. Forgive us, Father, where we've operated in the same spirit as the world with anger and frustration and bitterness. Because we're gonna just turn our palms over right now and say, Lord, we want that to be gone. We want the anxiety to be gone, God. We want the fear to be gone. We want the frustration to be gone. God, we wanna just shake that out of our soul right now and ask you to cleanse us, Father. If we're at home online, God, we're here in the worship center, we're on the other side of the world listening. We just invite you, Holy Spirit, to have your way with us today. Raise up a bride that would be whole and clean and life-giving, joyful, rejoicing in the midst of struggle, that you, Father, would do what we can't do. And so, Lord, we're gonna turn our palms back up now and say, fill us with your glory, God. 
Fill us with your hope, Father. Fill us with your joy again that we would live as lights in darkness, hope to the hopeless, and life, Father, to people who are dead and dying. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, that everybody said amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Lord. Isn't it good to be together and just love God? It's good. Turn around and wave at somebody, but don't hug anybody. We'll throw you out the door. I was not supposed to be looking at that. I was supposed to be getting this to work and now it won't work. Come on, work for me. Oh, okay, now it'll work. There it goes. Let's see, you know, if you don't have this, you don't know what to say, is that right? I'm joking. How are you today? You look wonderful, I can't see your face. And it looks, no, I'm joking. It's good to be back inside, you know? I hope the church police don't come and get us. What do you think? I, I'm joking, nobody's gonna come and get us. I'm playing with you. Um, and we're not gonna throw you out if you hug somebody. <laughs> Some of you are like, really, you're gonna make us leave? No, we wouldn't do that. Listen, I want a couple things before we jump in the Word. You got your Bible, your iPad, your phone, turn to First Peter chapter four, that's where we're gonna be today. And if you're online, we wanna welcome you. If you're overseas in Townsville, we wanna bless you and say we love Townsville. Please tell the Australian government to open the doors so we can come back to Australia. We miss Australia. No, so many things are closed down all over the world. We've got people watching in Kenya and Nigeria and different places, and we just want to bless people around the world. Amen? And we just gave away $50,000 this week to feed people in Los Angeles. Somebody say yay for that, would you? That's such a good thing to be able to help the Dream Center and, for, and One Day LA and different people that are feeding people. But I want to tell you a couple things really quick, and I know Mark has probably already covered this, but I want to talk to you about it again really fast, is that we're going to change our service times next week to 5 and 7 o'clock. So the sun's going down earlier. Next week, I heard it's going to be 28 degrees on the patio. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, it, 113 today. Is that crazy or what? I mean, that was at 6 o'clock tonight when we were supposed to meet out on the patio. We said, no, we're going inside. It's like... Okay, so, um, but, but next week, Lord willing, we'll be back out on the patio. It's been great. Actually, it's been a great, it's been a great experience all summer. It's been great. And so we're going to be back on the patio if it's cooled off. It's supposed to be in the 90s next week. So we'll be back on the patio, but at 5 o'clock and at 7 o'clock. And then Sunday night, next Sunday night, we're going to have a Sunday night service at 5 o'clock as well. That's going to be a family service. So we're going to add children back in. So if you want to bring your kids back, I've talked to a lot of you online right now. We're going to do socially distanced children's ministry. We're going to go all the way, I think it's preschool through sixth grade. Um, so we're going to start opening back up. Does that make sense? I mean, I told you we were going to do that. So that's happening. So 
Activate Student Ministry will start on September 23rd out on the patio. We'll have live services out there as well as we'll continue to do online content for people that are home. Um, young adults, we're going to start September 17th, Men's Bible Studies, School of Ministry, Tracks 1, 2, and 6, Gifts of Ministry of the Holy Spirit class. We're going to start opening a bunch of classes back up live, Celebrate Recovery, Freedom Road, um, Growing Hope. A bunch of our classes are going to start reopening. So you need to just go online at Water of Life Updates, at Wall Updates, and you can find the times, the places, the dates, locations, all that kind of stuff. So um, we'll still have online content for your children and for youth as well, but we're going to come back and start circling back in. In fact, after next week, we get the children going back in next week. We're not going to do Eventbrite anymore. We're going to do away with that. It helps us to know how many people are going to show up for, with children next week, so we'll do it next week, and then that will be disappearing as well. So finally, 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 you're going to cheer. Yay, we don't need to sign a form to come to church anymore. Okay. Um, but finally, this is kind of a weird thing. How many know there's so many weird things going on that you just got to deal with weird things today? Somebody has been printing material and putting it on people's doorsteps with our name on it as a church. So that came to our attention this week and we saw the material and we went, ouch, ouch, ouch. <laughs> but if you get that material, it's not us, okay? And if you hear people that get that material, it's not us. We'd love to hear from you if you just shout out and say, hey, we got this material. We're trying to figure out who's doing it and who's printing it and um, what, what it's all about, actually. It's kind of just one of those strange things that's happening today with all the other strange things happening. So if you happen to see that, let us know. Let's pray together. Father, we wanna come. Say, thank you for the book of Peter, God. Thank you for the life of Peter. Thank you for a guy who figured it out after a lot of pain, a lot of struggle, a lot of battle. And Father, that's us, man. Some of us, were just not very smart, but we want to figure it out, God. We want to make it at the end of the day the way he made it. He was steadfast, immovable, and just incredibly abounding to you. So we pray that we would have hearts like that in the name of Jesus. Everybody said... Amen, amen, amen. So you got your Bible, your iPad, your phone, you've been with us. You know that we have been talking about Peter for the last five weeks, and we are going to start wrapping that up next week. We are going to, um, we're going to be done with First Peter, and we're going to jump into a series with Jim Burns. Actually, some of you know Jimmy preaches here sometimes for us, but Jim Burns will be here with us. And we're going to do a thing on family for three weeks. It's going to be great. Um, talking about family situations, talking about home life, and all of that kind of stuff. But that's, it. that's in a couple of weeks from now. Right now, I want to talk to you about this. Uh, that, that's a struggle. I mean, just like I said, how weird it is out there. You know, it is very, very strange day out there. And, and it's interesting because a lot of people feel like, man, it's been the hardest time. I was talking to a pastor I've known for 40 years on the phone this afternoon, and he's very sick, actually, um, just having had cancer surgery this week, and just a wonderful guy. And, and he said, isn't this the strangest time you've ever seen? I said, it really is. Isn't it good to know that Jesus was never caught by surprise by anything? Hello, isn't it good to know that? Isn't it good to know that in spite of all the stuff that surprises us, Jesus never surprised? So one of the things that's so great about Peter is he talks about the struggle and suffering, but he also talks about hope. He said in chapter one, he said there's a living hope, a Zoe hope, and Zoe's way different than bios. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, that, that Zoe means that you, not just a pulse. Bios is that where we get biology from, life, it means you got a heartbeat. Well, friends, Jesus wants you to have more than a heartbeat. He wants you to have a life, a living hope, Zoe, which means that you have a destiny, a purposefulness in your life. You're not just here getting up every day, doing the journey and going to bed, but you are there with a purpose. And how many know we need to get back to that right now? I mean, back to touching the world, back to caring for people, back to seeing God heal people and restore lives. We need to get back to that right now, and that's where we're angling towards. So one of the things that we covered last week 
that was really important, I think you, you want to look in chapter 3, verse 9, is a statement that Peter made that's so important you don't want to miss it when you're talking about getting it right. It says in verse 8, to sum up all of you, be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, humble in spirit, and then he's made this huge, huge statement. Do not return evil for evil or insult for insult, but give a blessing instead, for you were called for this very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. Hold, hold, hold it. How many people here want to be blessed by God? Come on, somebody say yes, me, okay? You're, not, you're only here because you're hoping and believing that God would bless your life, your family, your journey, all of that. But how do you get a blessing? Peter just told you right here. Act in the opposite spirit. That's how you get a blessing. You don't do what everybody else is doing. When everybody's angry, frustrated, blowing up, all, you just go, whoo, you take a big deep breath, help me Jesus, okay? You invite the Holy Spirit to work in you and you act in the opposite spirit. You bless people who are not blessing you. How many know this is hard? You can't do this by gritting your teeth, friends, and trying harder. You only do this by surrendering to the work of God deep inside of you. You only do this by allowing what we just did a minute ago, opening to the presence of God, inviting the Spirit of God to touch you deep inside. So when you get hammered by somebody, you don't react in the flesh, but you move in the Spirit. And that's what, what Peter's talking about here. He said, listen, if you want a blessing, here's how you get it. Operate in the power of the Spirit. Live every day yielded to God. And how many of you know that takes time? Hello? It takes time. It just doesn't happen in a moment. You gotta walk alone with God. You gotta cry out to God. You gotta get in your closet, close the door, listen, read the word, worship, get on your face before God, or it won't happen. And so then Peter says this, and very, very important, down in verse 15, chapter three, and then we'll jump into chapter four. In verse 15, he makes this statement. Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, but do it and be nice. <laughs> says gentleness with reverence, be nice. Listen, friends, we are, how many of you know today the world needs to know about Jesus? But they don't need angry Christians. They don't need you to get mad at them. They don't need you to yell at them and act like they're acting around each other. You are not supposed to act in that spirit. You're supposed to act what? Come on, help me, in the opposite spirit. And, and what does the opposite spirit look like? Here it is, sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. What does that mean? You be set apart with God. It means, how many of you know that takes time? You gotta take time, you gotta take time. It's not enough to show up in church on the weekend. That's not gonna happen, or go online in the weekend, it's not gonna happen. You gotta take time alone with what? With God, you just gotta get, you gotta get the word, you gotta get some worship, you gotta get on your face with God. You got to be still, friends, you gotta chase after God. And so Peter's saying here, he says, listen, sanctify Christ as Lord of your hearts, in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense. How many of you know, people wanna know what Christians think today more than ever? I mean, you have more opportunity to tell people about Jesus today if you're nice. And that's exactly what he said. He said, be gentle, be kind, be thoughtful. And so often we're not today. So often we're frustrated with the world. Listen, the world is supposed to act like the world. Christians are not. Did you get that? We're supposed to act in the opposite spirit. We're supposed to be nice when other people aren't nice. We're supposed to be kind when other people aren't kind. We're supposed to be loving and gentle and thoughtful, even when we don't feel like it. And how many know this is a struggle? That's why he uses this word, ekteno, 
Over and over, he said, love people fervently. The word is ekteno. Ek in Greek means out. Teno means to stretch. We talk about this word here all the time. It means to what? Stretch out, to stretch out. And how many know God will stretch you out with people? Hello? <laughs> Don't look at the person next to you. I know some of you are like, whoa, yeah. No, the reality is God will stretch you out. That's just part of the journey. So when you start to talk about suffering, you talk about struggle, how many of you know you can grow during those times? I mean, it's hard, nobody likes it, but you can grow. Look at World War I, World War II, depression. Just go back through history, you see, humans rise to the occasion when they decide to, when they yield and say, look, it's hard, but I'm not gonna blow up, I'm gonna grow up. I'm gonna let God do something supernatural inside of me. So that's, that's what he's talking about here. Now watch chapter four. He starts to talk about one thing, and you're not gonna like it, but we're gonna fly over it a little bit today. He talks about suffering. Now, remember the context. The context of Peter is that it's about 63 AD, and Peter's in prison, and in 64 AD, likely a year later or two years later, he is martyred for Christ. He's crucified upside down. It's what history records, is that he was crucified upside down. Now, this is the same guy that denied Jesus. Hello, is that right? I mean, if you're out there and you're like, I can't do this, Pastor Dan. I can't ever grow up. I'm not. No, 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 no. Listen, you can. Jesus can do this in you. If he could do it in Peter, he can do it in you and me. That's how you need to think. Peter was a nightmare for God for a long time. Hello? I mean, he's not going to like that. When I get to heaven, he's going to go, dude. No, he's probably bigger than me anyway. But, but the truth, no, 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 no. The truth is Peter was, he was a mess. He had his issues, you know, with God. But God never gave up on him, right? He never gave up on him. He finished the work he started in him, as Philippians says. He finished, he, he brought it to completion. Some of you need to get back in the race and believe this. Listen, God can do it. God wants to do it. He will do it. So watch this. Let's start in the middle of chapter 4 and read a little bit about suffering. If you're online or you're here in the worship center, let's read this loud. Let's read it together. It's very prophetic because it talks about what's coming for these people probably in the next year. So let's read it loud. Let's read it together. It says, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing so that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exaltation. If you're reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. So, 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 hold, hold it, and we'll just touch this. We're gonna go back to this in just a minute. But he said, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal. So here's what Nero was gonna do in the next year. He was gonna take Christians, and, and we've told you this the last few weeks, but he was gonna put them tar on them crucify them on the roads leading into Rome and light them on fire at nighttime. I mean, come on, help me here. Don't be surprised that the fiery ordeal was literal for them. Do you get what I'm saying? I mean, you might be sitting there going, man, Pastor Dan, you don't know how bad my life is. Well, nobody's turned you on fire yet, have they? They haven't like lit you up. Well, maybe they did in a little way, but not like this. Friends, this was super prophetic. This was supernatural. He was actually speaking into the future, just the immediate future, what was gonna to happen to these people. But at the same time, it speaks to us. So, so here's what he says. Now go back to verse one, and look at how this plays. In verse one he says this, therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, so right away he goes to what word? Come on, help me, what word is it? 
We hate that word, Pastor Dan. We don't want to talk about that. Since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same purpose. What? What? Hold, hold it, hold it. Arm myself with the same purpose. The purpose of suffering? No, it's like this. You're going to suffer. Do it for Jesus, okay? Because he says this. Because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So as to live the rest of the time in the flesh no longer for the lusts of people, but for the will of God. For the time is already sufficient, is past. It's sufficient for you to carry it out. All the desire of the Gentiles, having pursued a course of sensuality, lust, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries, and all this they are surprised that you do not run with them into, into the same excess of dissipation, and they malign you, but they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Okay, hold, hold it. Let me explain what he just said. He said, if you're a Christian, you need to leave your old lifestyle. Anybody remember those days? I mean, what did he just talk about? Let's see, he, he covers this. For the time is already sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles. Well, this, this is like a description of my life before I met Jesus. Having pursued a course of sensuality, lust, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties. Those are the things that I did. How about some of you? And here's what he's saying. Once you come to Jesus, that's over. You need to walk away from that. Now, when I got saved, I'll never forget what happened because I was so deep and so steep into partying and getting high and hanging out with people who were mainlining heroin, smoking dope and crack and all kinds of stuff. That was just the journey. It was never unusual to walk into a, a party, open the door in a bedroom and have people in the bed right there during a party. And it was just the journey I was on. It was described right here. Hello, is that right? And when I met Jesus, it was like this, you don't need to go there anymore. I didn't realize the reason I went there was to medicate my pain. It kept me so busy that I didn't feel the steep sorrow inside. But once I met Jesus, I didn't need that anymore. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I didn't need to go there anymore. I don't wanna go there anymore. Jesus said, listen, I'm gonna heal you of that. I'm gonna restore you from that. You don't have to get blown up like that. Now, when that started to happen, how many know it freaked out all my friends? I mean, some of you know what I'm talking about because you were the same way. You crashed into Jesus and suddenly it was like this. I'm out. I'm not going to do that anymore. That was the decision that I made. I'm not doing that anymore. But, but he says right here, they are surprised. They are surprised in verse 4. They are surprised that you do not run with them in the same excess of dissipation. None of you know what the word dissipation means, I don't think. Because we don't ever, hey, are you dissipating today, bro? <laughs> we don't use that word, do we? It means wasteful. It means wasteful. They're surprised that you're not wasting your life anymore. I'll tell you something, that was a really great description of how I was living. I was wasting my life. The same as some of you. The same as some of you right now. The same as some of you online right now. Some of, listen, you're wasting your life. And Jesus is trying to rescue you from wasting your life. He's trying to say, listen, come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I will heal you. I'll restore you, I'll renew you, and I'll give you a purpose for living. How, how many of you crashed into this and understand how big it is? None of you? Nobody here. Okay, well, I'm really sorry. I want to tell you it's wonderful. You ought to try it. No, really. Now, have you not met Jesus and found destiny? Yes or no? You, you, because that's the goal, friends. You get destiny, and it, and it surprises the people around it. They're like, what happened to you? How come you don't come to our parties anymore? I don't need your parties anymore. I don't want to be there. I have Jesus. I'm free. And so he's literally saying, 
That's what happened to these people. And then he said, oh, by the way, they might slam you, but just remember this, they will give an account to the one who's ready to judge the living and the dead. So, 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 hold, hold, hold it. When people tear you up for being a believer, here's a huge question for you. How do you manage that? When people get into you, anybody here ever shared Christ with somebody and had them get into him? Hello? None of you share Christ either? No, come on, I'm talking to you. Please talk. We have a mountain school of Pastor Sunday. No, no. Just nod your head. I'm looking at your head. Please move your head and let me know you're not asleep. Okay. No, no, really. Because, because the truth is this. I, I just remember times when, man, I'd intercede for somebody, pray all year long for somebody. When I was a teacher in North Idaho, I had this lady, her son was in my class, and she, and they were, she was just a, a really great teacher, really nice lady. Her name was Pam, and she was in the classroom next to me, and Gail and I prayed for their family all the time, and I promised God I was gonna talk about Jesus to her before the end of the year. Well, what happened? I got all the way to the end of the year, the last day, students are gone, we're cleaning up our classroom, and what am I thinking? I haven't kept my word, Lord. I need to go share Christ with Pam. So I walked out my door, down the hallway to her room. She was in her room working. I opened the door. I said, hey, Pam, and I started talking to her, and then I started talking about Jesus. Wow, for being a nice lady, she wasn't very fun that day. She just tore into me, man. She's like, don't come in here and start preaching to me. I don't care about your God, and I don't care about Jesus. She just went after me. I went, oh. Because, you know, you, you have this imagination that, like, I prayed for a year for this person. I'm going to talk to them about Jesus. They're going to, oh, thank you. She didn't do that. She basically told me to get out of her room. And I remember walking away going, wow, Lord, that was really painful. That, that was not a happy moment. You know, that was like, what? I'm stupid. What did I do that for? And, you know, really, I thought that. And, and the Lord just was very clear with me. This is not about you. It's about me and her. You're just a vessel, just do what you're supposed to do and leave the rest to me. But man, that was huge, that was huge. That was, that was like a game, a deal breaker for me, you know? A game changer, it was like, what? Okay, I just need to get my head around this. Don't freak out when people blow up at you because you talk about Jesus. Don't freak out, just let it go, love them, be kind, and press on. So watch where he goes with this. He says in verse six, for the gospel has for this purpose been preached even to those who are dead, and that though they are judged in the flesh as men, they may live in the spirit according to the will of God. Now, I wanna say this to you about that verse. It's a very important verse. It's um, 1 Peter 3.19. Talks about Jesus visiting uh, spirits in prison. And I'm not gonna teach on that today because I did a few years ago. So if you wanna know all about that, you can go get that eight track cassette. CD or link, okay? So I don't even know what it is today, but it's out there somewhere. You can still find it on our webpage, I think. And you can listen to that if you wanna understand what all that was about, because I, I don't wanna go there right now. I wanna zero in on something way different. But the reality is he's talking about that. He says in verse seven, the end of all things is near. Okay, hold it, hold it. The end of all things is near. Somebody should cheer. That means COVID's gonna go away. <laughs> so... The end of all things is near. What he's really saying is this. Keep your eye on the target. I know you feel like your life 
is consumed by all of these moments right now, but it, it's not. Jesus was so successful because he obeyed the Father and he never took his eye off the cross. If you're gonna be successful in Christ, friends, you gotta figure this out. Keep your eye on the goal. Press to the end. You're not living for the moment, you're living for eternity. You're gonna live different than your neighbors, you're gonna live different than the people around you. You have to do that if you're gonna keep your eye on the target. That's what Peter's saying here. He's saying, listen, don't take your eye up the target. The end of all things is near, therefore, now watch this, this is huge. Be of sound judgment and sober spirit. Really, sound judgment. So don't let the things around you freak you out. Stay straight in your heart for one purpose, what is it? Come on, somebody's reading their Bible out there, I know you are. For the purpose of what? Say it loud, the purpose of what? Prayer, to pray. So, 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 let me tell you something we're gonna do. And this is important for you to figure this out. I have been going to the Lord all this fall at the end of the summertime going, Lord, where are we going this year? I mean, everybody knows we have an election in November. Is that right? And, and we already have chaos all over our country. So I'm sitting there going, Lord, we need your help right now. And just clear as day, as I started to pursue this and pray through it and pray through it and pray through it, I really started to sense this thing. Instead of doing 21 days of prayer, like we do to start the year every year in January, that we need to move that up into October and do 40 days of prayer through the middle of October and the end of November. So what we're gonna do is what we do every year. We meet at 5.30 in the morning. If you've never done this, it's an amazing time. We're gonna gather in here. We're gonna gather somewhere. I don't know where we're gathering. We haven't worked out all the detail. Some of you will gather online, on Zooms, whatever. Some of you will gather live, but we're gonna gather and pray. We're gonna do it at 5.30 in the morning like we've always done it, but we're gonna do a whole bunch of different aspects of prayer. So we're gonna memorize verses, we're gonna teach messages for five or six weeks on prayer, we're gonna do small groups, small groups. How many of you know, some of you need to get in small groups, I'm talking to some of you online, some of you in Townsville, some of you on other campuses that we have, you need to get in a small group because I'm gonna be talking about this for the next two months. Because here's the reality, we need to pray together. We can make a difference in our country, but only if we stay focused. Sound mind, sober judgment, sober spirit, sound mind, you know, you gotta just keep it straight. And it's so chaotic, friends, the only way to keep it straight is to pray right now. So we're gonna start praying, we're gonna do some fasting, we're gonna do night of worship and prayer at the beginning of night of worship and prayer at the end. We're gonna put a whole bunch of memory verses out there for you. We're writing a book for you right now that will be like a prayer journal for 40 days. So we're gonna, this is gonna be extensive. It's gonna go all the way through our children, all the way up through our young adults, through Club 56 and Activate. It's gonna go through everybody in the church. We're all gonna do it together. Does that make sense? We're gonna do it together. And we're gonna believe that we can make a difference and that God can make a difference in us and to us and through us in our community as we intercede and we pray through this really difficult season we're gonna be in. We'll keep our eye on the target through intercession and prayer. So we got a whole bunch of things we're gonna roll out, but here's what I wanna ask you to do is consider hosting a small group. Now that small group might be your neighborhood, your family, whatever. I, I, I don't know what that looks like for you. But hosting a small group is just very simple. You open your heart, you know, to other people. 
You open your home to other people, you serve a drink to other people, and you turn on a video. You don't have to be a leader to turn on a video, okay? We'll do the videos, we'll do the teaching. All you have to do is just be nice and open your house. So I want you to pray about that because we need to reach people. There's gonna be a huge amount of chaos in our country and I don't wanna like speak evil over the lamb but it's already there and the reality is we need to pray and we need to invite other people to come into prayer. So what does it say? It says, listen, above all else, keep fervent in your love for one another. When does he say that? Right after he talks about praying. And praying with what? Sound judgment, sober spirit. And then above all, keep fervent. It's that ectino word again. Get out of your comfort zone. Some of you need to do that by hosting a small group. You need to just go, okay, we need to do this. We've never done it before. We need to get out of our comfort zone so we can touch somebody else. He says, above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable. Oh, that means be a host of a small group. No, I'm joking. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. As each one of you has received a special gift, employing and serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So use the gifting that God has given you. Whoever speaks, do it with passion. Do it as you're speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves, do it with passion. Do it with the strength that the Spirit of God imparts to you, which God supplies, he says, so that in all things God will be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory, the dominion, forever and ever. So here's where he goes. Pray, pray, pray. Keep your head on straight. Don't let the suffering, the struggle, the chaos around you sidetrack you. Keep your eye on the target. Don't lose your way. And then he says this. Watch where it goes. We're almost done. It says in verse 12, Beloved, do not be surprised that they're going to burn you up. <laughs> Don't be surprised that the fiery ordeal is coming. You know, grow in love for other people, stretch out, serve other people, open your homes to other people, care for other people, love other people, show other people you act in the opposite spirit. All those things are game changers for people. Then he says this, and don't be shocked that it's gonna be hard sometimes. Don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that's among you, which comes upon you for one reason. What does it say there? Come on, somebody with the Bible, what does it say? For testing, testing. How often do we talk to you here at Water of Life about being tested by God? Some of you are like, man, God doesn't love me. My life's really hard. No, 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 stop. Don't think like that. Think like this. God builds you. He loves you. He pours out his presence on you. He trains you. He teaches you. And then he what? He tests you to see how you're doing. Now, unfortunately, some of us are flunking right now. We're like, man, all this stuff God's given to us, all these blessings God's poured on us, and then he tests us, and we're like, I'm out. You don't love me like you did yesterday. I'm out. I gotta wear a mask at church. I'm out. Really? Really? You just flung. You're gonna get another mask test. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. The truth is this. It's just like the, you just go back and you look at Israel in the desert, you know, take another lap, take another lap, take another lap until you figure it out. And friends, when God tests you, that's what it's about. I mean, some of you have taken so many laps, you know every lizard and snake in the desert. You know every bush in the desert because you haven't figured this out. Just don't be surprised that it's hard. You're getting tested. When you're getting tested, it's hard. Don't act like some strange thing's happening to you. 
But the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, verse 13, he says, keep on being excited for Jesus so that also at the revelation of his glory, you'll rejoice. You'll be like, whoo, I passed the test. Anybody remember that when you passed the test and you thought you were gonna flunk? Do you remember that when you, I mean, I had a lot of those tests when I was in school that I walked in, I thought, oh man, I'm dead. And I got a C minus, I was excited. I mean, it was better than a flag, you know, an F. It was better than an F. I got a C minus, I was like, woohoo! I was rejoicing. Well, I'll tell you what, some of you need to have that mentality. You need to just think like this. I'm gonna be so excited when I get into eternity and God says, well done, good and faithful servant. Way to go, man. It was hard. It was hard. But you did well. You didn't take your eye off the cross, man. You just kept plowing the ground. People got into you. They made fun of you. You didn't lose your way. You didn't lose your mind. You just kept loving people. Way to go. Live for that, friends. Watch where he closes here. He says, if you are blessed, verse 14, if you're reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Because the Spirit of God is at work in you. People are, listen, it's not your light that's shining, it's God's. And when your light shines in darkness, people get freaked out. You know, when God shines through you onto other people, they don't like that sometimes. Don't lose your mind when you're getting tested. Verse 15, make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer, thief, evildoer, troublesome meddler. But if you suffer as a believer, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed because you're glorifying God even though you don't feel it. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And it begins with us first. If it begins with us first, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel? Listen, I hear people say this to me all the time. God's judging America. God ju let, let, let me help you with something. Very clearly in the Bible, judgment starts here with people that love Jesus. It does. It starts with us, of God shaking out our hearts. And what does that look like for you or me? It looks like what we just did before we started today's message. It looks like a time where you repent. It looks like a time when, when and, and all that means is you turn away. You turn back your heart to God. And friends, how many know that's a good thing? That's not a bad thing, that's a good thing. That's like rejoice over that. Man, I, I'm so stupid, I do so many dumb things, but when I turn back to God, it's life-giving. Now watch how he closes this. It's time for judgment to begin where? With us. And then it says in verse 18, if it's with difficulty that we are saved, what will become of people that don't know Jesus? It's gonna be really tough. And then in verse 19, therefore, and remember we always say this, therefore is there for a reason, right? It's a, sum, it's a summation. Therefore, because of all these things, those also who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. They, they shall entrust their souls, listen, you're being tested. Just stop right now and think that. I'm in the middle of a what? A test. Do you wanna pass the test? You gotta just put your heart into Jesus. You just gotta push your heart back up to God. You just have to say, Lord, I yield, I yield, I yield. Listen, it's not rocket science, friends. It's just three little letters, Y-E-S, yes. I don't like it, I don't understand it, I don't want it, I would have never chose it, but what? Come on, somebody tell me, but what? Yes, yes. I, I yield, Lord. 
Yes, I, I don't like it, but I yield. You're God, I'm not, I yield. I surrender to you. You know what's best for me. Listen, friends, in trust, listen to what Peter says, he's closing this up. Therefore, what are you supposed to do? In trust, literally commit your soul to God. Commit yourself to God. That's literally what it's saying. You know, sometimes you think like this, well, God's not watching. No, 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 God's watching. One person put it this way, he said, beware of thinking that God's not paying attention just because he doesn't close his books on you every month. You know, just because judgment doesn't come today or tomorrow or in five weeks doesn't mean it's not coming because it's coming. When you, listen, I wanna pass the test. When I go before God, I know this, it isn't gonna be to please you or your neighbor or your email or whatever. It's gonna be to please Jesus. Do, do you understand that? So we, listen, you gotta entrust your heart to God. You gotta keep your heart focused on Jesus. Just go back and back. Lord, it's hard. Listen, tests are hard. Did you ever meet a test that wasn't hard? Tests are hard. Just keep pushing your heart. It will pass. The test will pass. It will. But pass the test right now, and the test will pass. Do, do you understand that? Stand with me and bow your heads, would you? I want to read something to you as we close up today. It has to do with a test that I went through about 25 years ago. I was thinking about leaving Gail. I've told you the story several times, a lot of you've heard it, and I was angry with God, and I was angry with my wife, and things were really bad at home, and it was probably, it was longer, because the church has been here for 30 years, so this was probably 35 years ago. This is before Water of Life. And a man handed me this little book called Streams in the Desert, it changed my life. And it was in the fall that year, and I ended up reading the October 29th devotional, and it went like this. It was out of Malachi 3.3. It says, he will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. It's about the test. It says, our Father who seeks to perfect his saints in holiness knows the value of the refiner's fire. It's with the most precious metals that a metallurgist will take the greatest care. He subjects your metal to a hot fire, for only a refiner's fire will melt the metal, release the dross, and allow the remaining pure metal to take a new and perfect shape in the mold. A good refiner never leaves the crucible, but as the above verse states, he will sit down by the fire so that it will never become even one degree hotter than it's supposed to be to harm the metal that he loves so much. And as soon as he skims the last bit of the dross from the surface of your life and he sees his face reflected in your life, in your pure metal, then and only then will he extinguish the fire. Well, I'll tell you, the fire was really burning in my life when I read this. I was angry at God. And like some of you, you're tired of the test and and then I read this poem. I'm not a poem guy. I need to say that to you. But this poem changed my life, so I'm gonna read it to you. 
It says he sat by a fire of sevenfold heat as he looked at the precious ore. And the closer he bent with a searching gaze as he heated it more and more. He knew that he had ore that could stand the test and he wanted the finest gold to mold as a crown for the king to wear, set with gems with a price untold. So he laid my gold in the burning fire, though I would have asked him to stay. And he watched the dross that I could not see as it melted and passed away. And the gold grew brighter and yet more bright, but my eyes were so dim with tears I saw but the fire, never my master's hand, and I questioned with anxious fear. Yet our gold shone out with a richer glow as it mirrored a form above that bent over the fire, though he was unseen by us, with a look of unspeakable love. Should we think that it pleases his loving heart to cause us a moment's pain? Not so. For he saw through the present cross the joy of eternal gain. So he waited there with a watchful eye, with a love that was strong and sure, and his gold did not suffer a bit more heat than was needed to make it pure. It's a weird little story, it changed my life. Because it was me, I was in the fire. I couldn't see how much needed to be burned away, I couldn't see what God was doing like some of you can't see right now. You can't see what God is doing, but you gotta trust him. So I wanna pray over you, bow your heads with me right now. Would you, if you're online, just wanna ask you to bow your heads unless you're driving your car. Don't bow your head then. Father, we wanna come to you right now and just tell you we love you, Lord, you're amazing God. Thank you that you rescue us in the middle of the fire, in the middle of the test. God, you come when we think that you've abandoned. You show up, Holy Spirit, and you do this amazing deep work in us. And we cry out to you for that today. Lord, that our answer to the test would be yes. No matter what it looks like in our journey, it would be yes, Lord. You're God, I'm not God, I yield to you. I hate the suffering, I hate the test, but today I make this declaration, I am yours and I yield to you. Thank you, God, for loving me. Teach us, Holy Spirit, to keep our eyes on the target, on the goal, on the cross, that at the end of the day, it would be well done, good and faithful servant. Thank you, Father. Amen? Well, we hope uh, the message was an encouragement for you and blesses you throughout the week. I just wanna leave you with a couple challenges out, out of the message for us to keep pondering, for us to keep working through. Um, and just some actionable steps for us to take throughout the week. And the first one is this, is throughout the week, every day to, to read 1 Peter 4.19. And, and while you're reading it, to ask God to highlight uh, a couple key things or to ask him to highlight what it is you want, he wants you to focus on. And then as you do that, to write a prayer in a journal or a piece of paper, wherever it is you can keep coming back to. Um, and as you write that prayer, the next step will then be every day, pray that prayer. So you continue to ask God to not just keep it on a piece of paper, but to keep it in your heart. And we, for those of you that are joining us online, we want to say so. thank you so much for being with us. We hope you had an incredible, incredible weekend. Um, if you need prayer, if you are looking for prayer, if you need someone to pray with you live, you can call the church at 909-463-0103, or you can click the prayer tab on the chat. Well, we love you guys. We hope you have an incredible week, and God bless.